Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope everyone's having a phenomenal day. I am sitting down here at the beach with a nice spring squall coming in off the Gulf of Mexico. The wind, the wind was blowing so hard. Actually, the rain was going sideways. But it was, it's beautiful to see. If you've never experienced what it's like to see a storm coming in off of the ocean or the Gulf, it's it's magnificent. We are we are studying a brand new topic in a brand new series called Love Works. Seven Timeless Principles for Effective Leaders. It's by Joe Mamby, the president, CEO, chairman of the Hershen Family Entertainment Group, a company that owns Silver Dollar City, manages Dollywood and Stone Mountain and others. Uh, they've created what was known as as one of the biggest water parks in the nation. Still think they're out there uh, going, and I'm trying to think of what they called that one. Whitewater is what it was called. It was national for a long time. They have others like Showboats, uh, the Branson Bell, Dollywood, Dolly Splash Country, Dixie Stampede, Pirate Voyage, Stone Mountain, Wild Adventures, all kinds of aquarium. They ride the ducks, which is, if you've ever seen those boats called the ducks that drive on land and then go out in the water, that's theirs. But Joel is a phenomenal individual. First started tracking and studying his life and his principles the turn of the century when he was part of a study that Andy Stanley had done on choosing to cheat. And Joel started sharing his story about what he did with his family. But it wasn't until he appeared on Undercover Boss that people started saying, wow, this guy's something else. And today we're in Chapter 2, the Jedi Masters. If you've ever watched Star Wars, and you know that the aspiring Jedi Knights must be trained by a Jedi Master. And the Jedi Master is always wiser and more experienced, so he or she is able to train the young Jedi in the proper way. And it's interesting because... As someone who has kids that really loves Star Wars, and I mean, I watched the first three, haven't seen the last three, but or maybe I watched the last three and haven't seen the first three. I guess it depends on how you want to look at that. But the interesting thing is that the Jedi Masters had a strong understanding of a source of energy called the Force. And they always strive to use the Force for good. When you think about it, every organization, every family, every church, every business, has its own Jedi Masters. It's funny because Joel says that the, the Hershen Family Entertainment, ours was Jack and Peter Hershen. Yet all organizations, big or small, lose their Jedi Masters and go through other difficult leadership transitions. So it's interesting as we look at this because you may be a Jedi Knight or you may be the Jedi Master. No matter how you look at it, some things happen. This is how Joel starts this chapter. He says it was at HFE's November 2006 board meeting that it finally happened. Jack and Peter Hershon had who had been on the FE or HFE's board since 1960 were making it their last meeting. 46 years is a long time to sit on one board. But yet at our organization, it was so brief. 
See, from that day forward, Jack and Peter would no longer sit at the table with us, would no longer offer their vote, would no longer share their voice or vision. It was a big moment. And it's interesting because Joel puts in here what Jack said. Jack stood up slowly. He said, I appreciate the cause for Peter and me to stay on the board, but we will not. As you are aware, Peter and I have carefully constructed a 10-year transition, a plan that took me from CEO to chair, from chair to voting board member, from voting board member to non-voting board member, and then off the board. Peter is following a similar path. This plan is critical so that the company can transition smoothly while Peter and I are still healthy. See, good Jedi masters, good leaders, whether you run the company, found the company, lead your family, it doesn't matter what it is, eventually you have to step down. There's many matriarchs and patriarchs of families that have led their families through generations, decades of transition. And yet it's sooner or later, they too have to step down and let the next generation take over. I can remember growing up, seeing family reunions where families were tight, and then they'd separate out, and then they come back together, and, and some families never do, and it's because they don't have a transition. A lot of times, both in families and in business, the need for closeness, the need for mentoring, it just disappears. I think it's because there's no objectives. It's kind of like, what Joel writes, he says, there were three main objectives at the Hershen family business. A specific growth in profit so that it's a long-term investment to be a great place to work for people and to lead with love. See, if you're making a long-term investment and you know that your business is going to be growing, then you're going to be able to be a great place to work for people because they're going to help you grow and you're going to be able to lead with love. So many organizations, and, I, and I've, I've finally come to the conclusion that the reason businesses do not succeed like they do in the old days is because in the majority of the time, because families are not led with love, the businesses are not led with love. I'm one of those guys that in studying businesses of the past realized that most of the great men and women that ran organizations had great family lives. See, one of the things that Napoleon Hill never seemed to understand was that the leaders that he was, he was following, the leaders that he was researching, for the most part, were very strong family men and believed in giving back. And yet when you look at Napoleon Hill's own life, he spent 20 years away from his wife. Man, I think it's hell to spend three weeks away from your wife, let alone 20 years. See, if we have this mentality that it's not important at home, then we're not going to be worried about leading with love at work. All we're going to understand is the bottom line. It's interesting the way they correlate. Jack went on, he said, We understand that sometimes tension can exist between these three objectives of, of a great long-term investment, a great place to work for great people, and to lead with love. But that is a tension that needs to be managed. See, a great place to work for great people, it is not always okay to focus on just being that great place because you won't be that great place without achieving the financial objectives. This is a tension to embrace, not eliminate. 
I have great faith in this board and the leadership team. I thought that was amazing. How many times do you get to see inside of a boardroom? How many times do we get to see inside what really happens? So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, if we want to be a Jedi master, then we've got to learn to lead with love. If we are a Jedi master, and you've understood anything about Star Wars, then you understand that the Jedi masters, like a good drill instructor in the Marine Corps, loved those potential Jedis. They knew that not all of them would become masters, not all of them would make it. They all had different roles to play. But they loved them, not with some foo-foo emotional love, but with love the verb, love the action. And that today, folks, is what we're going to get into deep. See, if you look at love as a verb, if you realize that there's going to be times when you're not going to like that person, that don't mean you can't love them. There's going to be a time you don't like your boss, but that don't mean you can't love them. There's going to be a time you don't like those subordinates, but you can still love them. There's a time you're not going to love your downline, but you, I mean, like your downline, but you can still love them. See, if we start looking at this as a verb, all of a sudden things start to change. It's very interesting. When Joel and Marky got married, their pastor, Terry Walker, said this, and I thought this was impressive. He said, you can't imagine this today, but there will come a day when you are frustrated with each other. You may not feel like you love each other. You may not even feel like you like each other in the moment. But Joel and Marky, that's when you need to behave like you love each other. I thought that was unique. Art Williams used to talk about Angela and about the fact that sometimes she just didn't like him, but she always loved him. There's times he didn't like her, but he always loved her. She'd get embarrassed when he'd be trying to talk and get excited about A.O. Williams and he'd be chewing food in public, spitting all over people. And he'd go to brush his teeth and she'd left the toothpaste cap off the toothpaste and got all crusty and nasty and just burnt his butt. They love each other and they taught their kids how to love. Now their grandkids are getting married and learning how to love. I use Art Williams because he's one of the few people that ever became a billionaire in the network marketing arena. Joel says this, he says, Treating someone with love, regardless of how you feel about that person, is a very important principle. It can make us great spouses, great parents, and great friends, and great leaders, too. Wow. Have you ever thought about love? I mean, seriously. See, most of us think that love, if it's an action at all, has to do with sex. We just look at it as an emotion. We get those butterflies in our stomach, or, or if somebody tells us they don't love us, then we get that angst in our stomach. But I didn't grow up knowing any of that. Matter of fact, I've said it before, early, early on, my daddy said, Son, if you want to learn how to love a woman... And have her take care of all the needs that you're ever going to have. And you better memorize 1 Corinthians 13. It's known as the love chapter. Well, as I started studying that chapter, I started learning how the Greeks actually 
probably are a lot wiser sometimes than we are. they got a word for everything. One of the words that we use for love is eros or erotica. You know, that, that, that strong, romantic, sexual feeling type deal. Joel says, eros is the love expressed when your teenage daughter bursts through the door and declares, I'm in love. Eros yields in the English word erotic, and it's about desire, attraction, warm, fuzzy feelings. It's that love that Hollywood's exploited like crazy. That's not the type of love we're talking about when we're talking about leading with love. When you think about that, that doesn't hold up under any type of pressure. There's many songs written about how great the sex was, but the relationship fell apart, and tomorrow morning we are going our separate ways. doesn't really hold tight. And we could do a whole training on this, and I could show you how you can make that work in your favor, but that's I do that on one of my other calls. The other type of love that we're, we're used to hearing about is phileo love, which comes from Philadelphia. The brotherly love, the, the type of love that good friends have for each other. Good friends until it gets a little hot. One of them screws up and the others get embarrassed and they run the other direction. They don't want to be caught in some scandal that might take place. I'm not talking about that kind of love. We're not talking about storage, is actually storage, I can't say it right, but this is a third kind of love, which is basically that family love, blood is thicker than water type love. We're getting closer to leading with love, but but storage love is it's probably what I'd say we had in the Marine Corps, it's what you see in 1% biker organizations. It's not about the fact that they love each other. They just love the same cause. They're there to support each other. They'll they'll go down for each other. They don't really know why. They don't lead that way because if somebody crosses them or, or somebody wants their job, they'll stab them in the back type deal. We're not quite talking about that kind of love. What we're talking about is a fourth kind of love. A love that's called an agape love. A love where you stand beside that person no matter what. You lead that person. Your whole goal is to make sure that the person that you love becomes the best person that they can be, can have the the greatest opportunity in life. In some cases... You could look at it as the love that Jesus gave when he died on the cross, if if you believe any of that stuff in the Bible. See, it's, it's interesting that we don't like to talk about love much. I was sitting at a table the other day with a bunch of men, successful, powerful businessmen, and I said, hey guys, we're going to be studying a new book in our accountability group called Soul Detox. And they said, Troy, this ain't going to be another one of those feeling-like things, is it? Because we really get uncomfortable having to talk about our feelings. Well, agape love isn't about a feeling. It's about an action. See, it's the foundation for the best and noblest relationships that humans are capable of. It is a deliberate and unconditional love that is the result of choices and behaviors 
rather than feelings and emotions. This is big. You know how many times people freak out and they say, you and Paige have been together 25 years? Yeah. Now, they don't get that freaky whenever they're talking about my parents. Because, see, in my mom and dad's generation, that's just the way it was. You just hung out, you stayed together, wives put up with whatever the husband's crap was, smacked him upside the head with a frying pan or a Coke bottle. I watched my aunt do that once. In the old days, Coke bottles could really do some damage on people's heads. But in my generation, that that lower-end baby boomer generation X, you don't stay together. If you screw around on your wife, you do it on the pretense of, hey, if she catches me, so what? I've still got this little hottie over here. Or the wife says, you know what? He isn't taking care of my needs. I'll go find somebody new. I'll divorce him, find something else. It was none of that long term. So when people look at us, say 25 years. Yeah, 25 years with all the craziness that you could ever think of happening to a couple. They freak out. When I have people call like Todd Falcone one night at midnight and said, Troy, I just got a question to ask you. Why do you give so much and earn so little? I said, dude, I don't, I don't do it for the money. I do it so that you can become the best that you can be. I do it so that the company can become the best it can be. I do it because I work as unto the Lord, not as unto man. Freaked him out. He didn't get that. He had to get his Bible down, probably blow the dust off of it to get my point. Because love is a verb. Love is an action. See, it's critical that we understand something. Joel writes it like this. He says, In that regard, agape love is about the values we embrace as a way of life. And it is a determination to behave in a certain way that stems from our over from our regard of other human beings, regardless of how they feel about how we feel about them, for leaders, demonstrating agape love is about behavior, not emotion. It's about behavior, not emotion. I was sitting at the Orange Conference last week when a gentleman said, "Troy, I've been looking at what you do on Facebook, and and I don't get why you would take a week off." And just volunteer when, when nobody knows who you are and, and, and you're you're not even I mean, really you've got a lot of downtime because of all the meetings and stuff. I said, It's not about me. It's about making this an experience that other people can enjoy. It's about hanging out with other volunteers and being able to, to maybe share some nuggets of wisdom in their life. See, this is so backwards to what the world does that people freak out. Joe says the critical distinction that explains why agape love can be the motivating force of a successful organization is this. Agape love can exist in the most hostile environments, whether it's family or work. Eros and phileo will evaporate in a stress-filled work environment, but agape can stand the test of time. I'll take that a step further. When a man and woman get married... It truly is about the, the, the sex, about the the lust, about the 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 romantic love. You got those feelings, you wanna hang out, you wanna to be together. Most of the time you haven't even really got to learn what each other 
is all about. But as the years go by, as the hair starts to turn gray, maybe fall out, as as it gets harder and harder to even try to have sex anymore, if that's all a relationship was built on, then it flounders and goes by the wayside because it was built on eros or phileo love. Same thing with the organization. If it was just built on emotions, if it was just built on the hype of the time, of the motivational, it doesn't last. But when people have that agape love that's deep in their soul, when they're all after the same end game, when they know that if they help enough other people, they'll get what they want, if they know they they just love that spouse no matter how stupid they act, they can work through anything. See, agape love really works. I've watched Howard Schultz lead that way. I've watched... Joe Mamby lead that way. I've led every organization I've ever led that way. It's never about me. It's always about the other people. It's one of the reasons I get so pissed off when somebody says, hey, I I grew a team of 400,000 people. I just shake my head and thank you, egotistical, pompous idiot. Because you didn't do that. You helped to bring in a couple of people and you got to facilitate over the leadership of the team, but you personally didn't do diddly squat. And yet people don't get that. Hubert Humphrey gets all the credit, but I knew who his field generals were and who did all the work. Art Williams used to praise all of his RVPs for what they had done. See, with agape love, it's never about you. It's always about the organization. It's always about where you can lead them. See, common sense tells us that people will perform better if they are treated with respect and trust. You cannot trust people without agape love. You can respect people with just about any kind of love. And you'll respect them for different reasons. But you won't trust them. You won't hand off responsibility without that agape love. That's what Jedi Masters learn, is they got to push the recruit, the prospect, the potential Jedi Master to grow. And to do that, they have to trust them, even when they make mistakes. Listen to what Joel writes. He says, after more than 30 years of witnessing all forms of organizational structure, I'm still surprised at how willingly we discuss strategy and how to increase profits, but how loath we are to discuss how to build and maintain a successful corporate structure by consistently treating our employees in a way that attracts and keeps the best talents in all levels of the organization. One of my mentors, Mark DeMoss, who is the son-in-law of Art Williams, shares a story in the Little Red Book of Wisdom about a man that works at the Augusta, yeah, Georgia, Augusta Golf Course. He's been working there in the bathroom and around the maintenance for years, but he doesn't see himself 
as the low man on the totem pole. He sees him as the first line of defense. He's the one that helps create the experience, which helps the CEO and the manager of the golf course create an even better experience. And the only reason he's still at that golf course is because they kept him there because they treated him with respect. And in turn, he treated those players with respect, some who could have bought and sold him a hundredfold. See, if we start thinking about love as a verb, not love as the emotion, if we start thinking about love from an agape standpoint instead of an eros or phileos or, or a storage, then think of the commitment that you'll start to grow in your organization's. Maybe you could turn your marriage around if that's the issue. Well, wouldn't it be cool if all of a sudden you started treating your spouse different? I'll give you a, this works for me. And every now and then I just got to do it because I've acted stupid. Whether you're a female or a male, this is a beautiful thing to do. It's one of the freakiest things you'll ever do. But go get you a nice, beautiful metal pot or glass pot. Fill it with warm water. If it's for a lady, put a little bath salts in it, a little, little smelly stuff. And guys, set your wife down. Start washing her feet. And let her know how much she means to you. Vice versa. Women, you can do the same thing. It's not to say that sometimes you don't have a spouse that's just more mixed up than you are, doesn't want to change, going to be an idiot. You probably shouldn't be with them anyway. But 99.9% of the time, it doesn't happen that way. Joel says, the inspiration for using agape love as a leadership principle actually comes from the Bible. And it does. It comes from chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. See, what we're going to be learning in the next seven days is as leaders how to be patient, how to be kind, how to be trusting, how to be unselfish, how to be truthful, how to be forgiving, and how to be dedicated. See, it's those seven principles that can change your life, guaranteed to change your life forever. It's simple, but it's hard work. The reason most people do not succeed in life is not because they can't. It's because they won't. It's because the pain of change. The book I'm reading, Soul Detox, is turning my world upside down. I've been up since 2.30 this morning, digging deep into my own life to, to see what I need to change in my life. Using these seven principles... And love works is going to turn your world upside down if you dig deep enough and you are committed and it'll be for a good thing. Tomorrow, patience. Have self-control in difficult situations. Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, once said, you don't have to make the headlines to make a difference. We're going to have fun in tomorrow's chapter. Live life like it's an epic adventure and remember, if you're in network marketing, act like it. I'll see you tomorrow morning right here on RealMentorsRadio.com.